Welcome everybody to a special edition of the Hitman Chronicles. Today, we are talking Canelo Alvarez, Saul Canelo Alvarez versus Jamel Charlo for the undisputed 168-pound Super Middleweight Championship to be held September 30th, 2023. Just a few days away from when I record this and you'll be hearing this Wednesday morning, September 20th. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the original great Rob Silver. And today we have a packed show. We have four voice notes from four students of the game. One has been a boxer damn near most of his life. The other three are tremendous boxing minds. All three I consider good friends of mine. One guy I attended the the, uh, the Deontay Wilder fight damn near a year ago, almost to the day, last October, at the Barclay Center. The other two brothers, always talking with them. So we'll be hearing their predictions alongside mine. I'm going to split this episode into several segments. The first segment, I will be talking about my thoughts on the All Access series, chronicling the events leading up to the fight between Canelo and Charlo that is currently streaming on Showtime, All Access 1, All Access 1, and All Access Part 2, and I believe there will be an epilogue after the fight happens this past this upcoming Saturday on next week's uh, Showtime replay of the fight because as you guys know, Showtime always replays the fight after their pay-per-views the Saturday after the pay-per-view occurred. This fight is being held in Vegas and while the pay-per-view price is very steep and normally what I have done throughout my entire, well not throughout my entire life, since 1996 for the last 27 years, is I've been pirating most of the great fights, most of the big fights, and of course anything on the zone, ESPN Plus, I have been pirating. Um, on a special occasion, I'll go to a movie theater or to a restaurant to see the fight. The Bud Crawford, Errol Spence fight, I took my lady and my nephew to a restaurant in Tribeca here in New York City, and we saw the fight, and we had a beautiful time. This time, I'm taking my nephew to time to uh, the AMC Times Square Movie Theater on 42nd Street to watch this fight. It's only $25 a ticket. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you do not like the prices of the pay-per-view where you live or your budget won't allow for you to f- pay for a fight for $90, $100, and you don't want to go through the... Uh, process of getting a fire stick or watching an illegal stream on the web on your smart TV go get a ticket to a movie theater it's being shown all over the United States in movie theaters throughout the country and if it's $25 in New York then it has to be $20 in most cities per ticket in a movie theater to watch the fight so that's my advice to all you guys out there. I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this fight. And I will talk about the breakdowns later on. And you'll hear the guest commentators with their voice notes break down. And we will all talk about what we think is going to happen. And 
what we think will play out. And I'm sure you'll get a lot of different scenarios as to exactly what will happen. So, part one of this, of this, the first segment of this podcast, you'll hear my, you'll hear my uh, analysis and review of the first two all-access programs leading up to the Canelo Charlo fight currently streaming on Showtime Anytime, Showtime On Demand, and of course Paramount Plus. Then I will give you a historical overview of Jamel Charlo's career, and then I will do a watch-along recreation of the play-by-play of Charlo's second fight versus Brian Castaño. After that, I will play a voice note. Matter of fact, after this all-access review I'm doing, I'm going to play the voice note from my brother from uh, Newark, New Jersey. Long-time boxer. He's been boxing most of his life. King Shabazz. He will give you his prediction, and then I will go into my Jamel, Jamel Charlo historical overview. I will do the, uh, the Charlo versus Castaño watch-along replay as I redo my, uh, my patented <laughs> play-by-play. And then we'll hear another voice note from the remaining three brothers. I will then do my Canelo Alvarez historical overview, followed by his victory over Caleb Plant. Then we will hear another uh, voice note from the remaining two brothers. And then I will uh, give my analysis and prediction to end the podcast. I will sprinkle the four voice notes between the segments and then I will finish the podcast with my overall prediction. Now on to the all access review. Um first episode you you if you didn't like either fighter before you watched the all access uh episodes part 1 you get a better understanding of both fighters and I think if you were on the fence about whether or not you like these fighters or if you had dislike for these fighters, I think you come back with a stronger impression and a much more likability of both fighters. You see two fighters, even though both fighters have accomplished enough to be first ballot Hall of Famers. If I had an International Boxing Hall of Fame ballot and these guys retired today and three years ago, I would be checking both names on my ballot as Hall of Famers. Both men have had Hall of Fame careers. Jamal Charlo, now he mentioned in part one, the first episode of All Access, that he was the first undisputed junior middleweight champion, super welterweight champion. No, that's a misnomer. That is wrong, ladies and gentlemen. There have been two undisputed junior middleweight champions in the history of boxing. Stop with that four-belt bullshit because in the early 2000s, no one considered the WBO title as a legit world title. It was considered a banana title, okay? When Ronald Winky Wright beat Sugar Shane Mosley, he became the first undisputed junior middleweight champion of the world almost 20 years ago. And then the belts got fragmented 
and you didn't have an undisputed champion until last May when Charlo beat Brian Castaño to become the second undisputed junior middleweight slash super welterweight champion of all time. And there's also another asterisk because the night Roberto Duran was to face Thomas Hearns in June of 1984. That fight was signed to unify the junior middleweight slash super welterweight championship of the world. Duran got stripped as he got into the ring or else Hearns' knockout would have made him the first undisputed super welterweight champion of the world. So there's always an asterisk when it comes to claimants to being undisputed. But Charlo is the second official undisputed junior middleweight slash super welterweight champion of the world. And that alone puts him as a first battle hall of famer. He's fought damn near everybody at junior middleweights slash super welterweight. He's beaten everybody he's ever faced at super welterweight. He had a draw with Castaño, beat him in a rematch. He lost to Tony Harrison, beat him in a rematch. So he has done everything you want a fighter to do in a division. And I don't think he's ever gone back to 154. I know the WBO gets title uh, are going to strip him the minute he steps in the ring like the WBA did with Roberto Duran back in 1984. So be it. I don't think Charlo's ever going back down to junior welterweight. Maybe he go, I mean, junior middleweight slash super welterweight. I think eventually he either stays at super middleweight, depending on the outcome of this fight, or goes to middleweight. But I don't think he's ever going back to super, uh, super welterweight. Um, part one of All Access, you see the calmness that Saul Canelo Alvarez lives with, that he is comfortable. In my opinion, you see a man comfortable in his greatness, comfortable in his legacy, comfortable in being the number one boxing star on the planet, the number one active boxing star on the planet. And you see a guy that even though he's made millions, and I mean millions of dollars through fighting, through commercials, through his likeness, that he is still hungry to further cement his legacy. And I love seeing that. And he, he's also not overconfident, despite the fact that many consider him an overwhelming favorite to win this fight. You see the respect he has for Charlo. When they do the press conference, the first press conference face-off, they talked to Canelo before the face-off and afterwards, and he says, you know what, Jamel does a lot of talking, but here he wasn't talking. There was a, you see a, like with Errol Spence and Terrence Bud Croft in the lead-up, you see that fighters, great fighters respect each other. Real recognizes real, greatness recognizes greatness, and you don't see any of that bad mouthing. You don't see any of that bullshit that unfortunately you see on fighters every day on social media spout and they're nowhere near signing a contract to fight the best of the best these guys are fighting the best of the best they uh they show uh they also now i talk about 
the calm demeanor and the calmness that Canelo is showing in part one of All Access. I see a calmness in Jamel Charlo too, and I also see Charlo being, if not as hungry, hungrier than Canelo for this fight, to win this fight for his legacy, because when you watch him talk about Canelo, and when you watch him with his trainers, including former great uh, junior lightweight and lightweight Dominican fighter, Joan, Joan Guzman, one of his co-trainers now alongside Derek James. When you see him with Guzman and Jamel's girlfriend, they're watching Charlo's, I mean Canelo's fight versus Caleb Plant. And you see Charlo watching the fight with envy, envy of Canelo's star power. And you could tell that he wants what Canelo has. He wants to be known, recognized worldwide as one of the greatest fighters of this era. I love that. There's a hunger and a fire in there, and that's a huge motivation that is going to make Jamel fight the best fight possible. I love these all-accesses, and before that, you had 24-7 on HBO that go behind the wall that go behind the scenes of a fighter and you get the makeup of where they're at in their lives, in their career at that moment. And you see what drives and motivates them. And what motivates Jamel Charlo from seeing the first episode is that he wants to be where Canelo is. And he wasn't going to get that fighting a Tim Zhu at 154. He wouldn't have got that fighting a Terrence Crawford at 154. I don't think. I think him beat now. Not to say that wins over Tim Zhu and Terrence Crawford, and those weren't wouldn't be easy fights for Charlo. They, damn near. I mean, the toughest fights he could have at 154 would have been versus Zhu or Bud Crawford. And legacy-wise, yes, if he wins those fights against either fighter or both fighters. It adds to his legacy as one of the greatest fighters of this era. But a win over Canelo, a win over Canelo by Jamel Charlo, if you combine wins over Bud and Zoo, it wouldn't be looked at historically as big as a win over Canelo Alvarez. And so he took He's taking a chance here. He's taking a chance here, moving up two weight classes and fighting a guy who has been indestructible at 168. Canelo has wiped out 168. The only people left at 168, of course, David Morrell, David Benavidez, Demetrius Andrade, which I believe if he beats Charlo, he will probably fight the winner of Benavidez versus Andrade. And then, um, oh, is it Morel versus uh, Andrade? I know one of the Davids is fighting Andrade soon, within the next couple of months. And now that Canelo has signed a deal with PBC, 
then the after Jamel, if he beats Jamel, then he has to fight either Jamel's brother, David Benavides, David Morrell, or Demetrius Andrade. There's nobody else to fight in those divisions. He already destroyed Caleb Plant. And everybody else at 168 don't matter but those fighters. So Canelo's facing Jamel Charlo, and you and you see, even though Canelo is confident, you see in part one of all access that he's not taking this for granted and that he sees Jamel Charlo as a threat. And Charlo and, and Charlo, you hear him talk about Canelo with reverence, but that he has the confidence while watching the fight film that he has the style to beat Canelo. And he was even he was even surprised. He was like, man, I thought Canelo would be bigger. Well, Charlo should have known that he's taller than Canelo because as Charlo mentioned early on in part one, when him and Canelo first started boxing, they were both Golden Boy boxers. They both were under the Oscar De La Hoya Golden Boy promotions. And Canelo is the one guy at 154 that Charlo never fought because by the time Charlo could get a fight with Canelo, Canelo had moved up to 160, beat Cotto, and then the fights with Triple G, and then 168, 175, etc. All right, so part one, you get a you get a glimpse of what they think of each other, and you get a glimpse of the hunger and the desire for both of these men to win this fight. Now I'm gonna take a brief break. And I'll be back to talk about episode two of the All Access. Episode two of All Access, I'm not gonna lie, made me made me root for Charlo to win this fight. Um, not saying I'm gonna pick Charlo, not saying I'm gonna pick Canelo. You'll hear my prediction at the end of the fight. But this episode here really made me like Jamel Charlo more as a person. The role he plays in all three of his kids' lives, they showed how even though he's training for the biggest fight, and believe you me, this is the biggest fight of his career. This is the best fighter he's ever fought. Forget Tony Harrison, Brian Castaño, all the other guys he's fought at 154. None of them are on the level of Saul Canelo Alvarez. So, while watching this episode, episode two of All Access, Jamel says, and he said in the episode, that he doesn't believe in shutting out your family doing fights, which historically has been what fighters have done for big fights where they leave their family and they, they leave their wives, they leave their girlfriends, they leave their children's and they isolate themselves and only concentrate on training for that big fight. Jamel has been able to continue being a father to his children and continue being a loving partner to his girlfriend by incorporating their family life into his training. They showed him swimming with his girlfriend watching and his three kids in the pool. They showed him taking his daughter to school. They showed him taking his oldest son, his 14-year-old son, fishing. And 
they showed the entire family except for the baby, the teenage, the 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 the, the older, the eleven-year-old daughter, the fourteen-year-old son, his girlfriend, at the end of the episode, all being involved in a yoga exercise. And then you saw Canelo with his wife and his daughter, and he talked glowingly about his son and how he loves his family and how everything he's doing is for his family, just like Jamel Charlo mentioned, fighting for his family and fighting to provide for his family. Both men are outstanding fathers. Both men are in beautiful relationships with their significant others. And at the beginning of the episode, I, I don't know, was Errol taking a shot at Errol? I mean, was Jamel, Jamel taking a shot at Errol Spence while he was jogging? He said something about Errol Spence. Oh, you saw. Uh, I ain't breathing like Errol was breathing. Errol was breathing hard. <laughs> but I'm not going to lie. Um, I've always been on the fence about the Charlo twins. I mean, they've done great things. Jamel's the first Battle Hall of Famer. Jamal still hasn't had that legacy fight, in my opinion, to put him over the hump. Jamel's had the greater career. I've always been on the fence about both brothers, both twins. But, man, after watching these two episodes, I've become a fan of Jamel Charlo. And I'm not saying I'm going to predict he wins the fight. You'll hear that at the end. Whether I predict Charlo wins or Canelo wins, I'm going to be rooting for Jamel. Um, he needs this fight more than Canelo does for his legacy. That being said, it's not going to be an easy fight because as you saw Canelo, and I mentioned earlier when talking about the first episode, how I saw that, that Canelo is now very calm and comfortable in his own skin. And he talked about it in episode two after he got the massage from the therapist. And you see him relaxing with his family while he's training. They brought a birthday cake to his to, to, to the gym. And um, they he showed a videotape of him as a young boy when he first started making his rounds as a f- possible future great. You can't help but like either guy. And look, social media will, will try and portray either guy as a villain. There's no villains here. Both men have overcome legit. Injuries to their left hand and both men need their left hand and according to both men right now Their left hands that are 100% they showed Jamel Working with a a doctor who was giving him some type of therapy for his left hand Canelo fought most of the last two years with a damaged left hand Both men claim that their left hands which is going to be a key in this fight Jamel Charlo's left jab and Canelo Alvarez left hook to the body Neither man cannot win Without their left hands being at 100%. They both need it. Because the focus of their offenses. Begin. And end. With their left hand. They, and. Jamel reiterated. Reiterated what I mentioned earlier in the podcast. When I talked about part one. He needs this fight. And this is the biggest fight of, of his career. And. The hunger and the motivation for him has never been greater that I've seen as I've watched Charlo 
since early in his career. And I love how he mentioned that Derrick James made him a better offensive fighter. Before Derrick James began training Jamel five, six years ago, he was a punch and Judy hitter. You look at his career, and I'll talk all about it during his historical during the historical overview, overview part coming up in the next segment. When he got with Derrick James, he was able to land that right cross at a higher impact, with a higher impact, with a bigger impact, and he began knocking more people out. The two most difficult fights of his career, he knocked those guys out in the rematch, Tony Harrison and Brian Castaño. So... I love these two episodes. It it really gave me a liking. I've already, I already like. I love Canelo Alvarez. I mean, he's everything a fighter should be. He has fought so many great fighters throughout his career. The list of Hall of Famers he's fought. The two guys he's lost to are two first ballot Hall of Famers in Floyd Mayweather and Dimitri Bivol. And now, as we as we get to the latter stage of his career he's fighting the first of what could be three or four difficult fights at 168 which is really going to cement his legacy if he finds a way to win all of these fights but we will see we will see um ladies and gentlemen if you haven't watched the all access go ahead and watch it right now i am going to play a voice note from my brother from newark new jersey king shabazz and then after King Shabazz speaks, I will go into my historical overview of Jamel Charlo's career. Peace, Rob. This is King leaving you the prediction for the Canelo versus Charlo fight. I'm going to start off right away saying I got Canelo winning this fight by decision. I just don't see Charlo moving up two weight classes, taking on Canelo of all people. And coming out with the win in this fight. If Charlo has some warm-up fights to give us some type of idea of how he looks at 168, maybe we'll we'll be able to see it a little better as far as him winning the fight. But for him just moving up and taking Canelo, first fight at that weight class, two weight classes higher, I'm going to go with Canelo. I want Charlo to win, but I'm going with Canelo. As far as the X's and O's of the fight, I think they they have very similar styles. Uh, I think that they both have a tendency to not let their hands go for different reasons, though. I think Charlo doesn't let his hands go at times because he's he's making sure he's defensively sound, making sure he doesn't get caught with anything stupid or anything big. Whereas Canelo, for his entire career, has had a habit of taking portions of rounds off in every round just about. And he he picks his sections of when he actually wants to bring the action in the fight. And it, I always felt like it was a stamina issue on Canelo's part. And I know Bernard Hopkins mentioned it maybe after the first Triple G fight about Canelo possibly having stamina issues. But I think they both have that tendency and. In order for Charlo to win, he's definitely going to have to let his hands go and keep Canelo defensively busy while also not getting caught with anything big as far as counter punches go. If if he's letting his hands go the way that he should. When I think about jabs, I think 
Canelo has more of a snap on his jab, but Charlo's jab is heavier. Body work, so you could pretty much even you could pretty much cancel them out as far as jabs go. It's which type of jab you prefer, the power jab or the or the snapper, the snap behind the jab. So though you could pretty much cancel that part out. Body work, I would I would favor Canelo as far as body work goes. I think Canelo dedicates his attack to the body a little bit more than Charlo does. Uh, defense, Canelo learned a whole lot from that Mayweather fight, so he's 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 improved so much since the way Mayweather fight as far as defense goes. Charlo uses different methods to keep himself. Defensively secure in the ring, he uses his legs a lot more than Canelo. He uses his head movement. He uses he uses upper body movement um, as well. So I, I almost canceled them out as far as defense goes. They they both are pretty much defensively sound. Uh, they're both conventional. So right hands. I think the right hands are pretty 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 similar to the jabs, although I would give. Charlo a slight edge on the straight right hand. As far as power, I think I think Charlo's right hand is a big weapon for him in all of his fights. And I won't take that away from him in this fight. Canelo's right hand does damage also, no doubt about it. When it comes to hooks, I think Canelo is the better hooker. I, I, I We've seen Canelo get people out of there with the hook. So I think I I don't think there's any question about who's the better hooker. I'll, I'll give Canelo the advantage when it comes to the hook, and hopefully Charlo don't try to hook with the left hook artist. That that could be very dangerous for him in this fight. But all in all, I'm I'm gonna go with Canelo, no matter how much I would like to see Charlo pull this off. And now my historical overview of Jamel Charlo's career. Jamel Charlo started out his career, as he mentioned in the All Access, as being part of Golden Boy Promotions. And he fought on several undercards, coming up with, with both him and his brother Jamal. And the first, now I watched both Charlo twin brothers early in their careers, and it looked like Jamal had more power than Jamel. Both twin brothers were working everything off their beautiful left jabs. Um, Jamal Charlo's right looked to be stronger than Jamel's. And eventually Jamel's right hand would not only be on the same level as Jamal, but you could make an argument that Jamel's right cross has surpassed his twin brother's Jam Jamal's right cross in being a tremendous knockout punch. Now, the first major fight that... Jamel had was his victory over Demetrius Hopkins, Bernard Hopkins' nephew. That was a chess match, a fight that uh, both men were trying to outbox the other, other man. The fight occurred on June 8th, 2013 at the Home Depot Center. I think they changed the name. I don't think it's the Home Depot Center anymore in Carson, California. But, um, he beat Demetrius Hopkins by a tough 12-round decision. And then on January 25, 2014, he totally dominated Gabriel Rosado in winning a 10-round decision. 
Then he went to Montreal, Quebec, Canada to fight an elimination fight against Charlie Oda, the winner, to get a shot. Oh, no. Yeah, the winner to get a shot at the title, but he didn't get a shot at the title. Coda, uh, Oda dropped Charlo in the third round, but, but Jamel got back up and dominated the rest of the fight by outboxing Oda. By the way, Charlie Oda is an interesting... Uh, it, is an interesting figure in boxing. He was a United States serviceman that was based in Japan, and his real name is Charles Bellamy, and he loved the Japanese culture so much that after his service in the United States military ended, he decided to, uh, how do you say it? He decided to become a Japanese citizen and he changed his name from Charles Bellamy to Charles Oda, even though he's a he's a brother from New York City, my hometown. <laughs> After beating Charlie Oda on March 28, 2015 in Vegas, Jamel defeated Vanis Martirosian. Now, Vanis Martirosian was this golden boy fighter. And then later on, I believe he became a PBC fighter who they hyped up. They hyped this guy up like he was supposed to be the next great uh, thing. He was nothing special. And Jamel easily appointed Vonis, exposed Vonis for being not so great. All right. Vonis, one of those Armenian boxers that uh, have been overhyped, but never lived up to that hype. Uh, he was nothing special. He was robotic. He was uh, your, your basic, uh, yeah, fundamentally sound, but he was no world beater, even though they were pushing him, especially Oscar and Golden Boy, were pushing him early in his career as that next big thing. Uh-uh. So after beating Vonis, Jamel went to his hometown, Houston, Texas, October 31st, 2015, and beat the hell out of journeyman Joshim Alcine, stopping him in the sixth round and ending Alcine's career. Alcine was 39 at the time. And then finally, he gets his title shot. Jamel gets his first world title opportunity, May 21st, 2016, once again in Vegas, against John Jackson and in this fight, Jamel looked horrible for the first seven rounds. He was losing badly, and then he exploded to knock out John Jackson in the eighth round to win the vacant WBC Super Welterweight Champion, his first championship. Then he battered Charles Hat Hatley by winning a six-round TKO to retain his, his Super Welterweight title. And then came a fight. October 14th, 2017 at the Barclay Center. This was a heavily hyped fight. A lot of people thought Erickson Lubin, who right now is continues to be a junior middleweight slash super welterweight contender. In October of 2017, when he fought Jamel Charlo, a lot of people thought Lubin had a chance. Well... 
I didn't think Lubin could beat Charlo, but I didn't think it would it would end the way it ended. <laughs> Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> oh man. Towards the end of the first round. Charlo landed a spectacular right cross that dropped Lubin. It was beautiful. One of the prop, if not the greatest knockout of Charlo's career, the most explosive knockout of his career, it's top two or three. When Lubin hit the canvas, he looked like he had been shot. And referee Harvey Dock stopped the fight immediately. Now, credit to Lubin, he got up, but he was in no condition of continuing. Lucky for him, Harvey Dock had stopped the fight. And so now, Lubin had to go back to square one. But Jamel was on a roll, on a roll. And then, he beat Austin Trout, dropping him twice on June 9th, 2018. Former Super Welterweight champion Austin Trout. He beat Austin Trout, and now Jamel was looking to get into superstardom. Right then and there, I'm like, Jamel is the real deal. At this point in time, I'm beginning to feel Jamel more than Jamal. And then came what I felt was a horrible decision. The the Charlo brothers headlined the Barclays Center in the, on December 22nd, 2018. And in that fight, Tony Harrison won a horrible decision. A unanimous decision over Jamel Charlo. I thought Charlo had done more than enough to win the decision. It was not a great fight. It was a lot of posturing. Uh, Jamel controlled most of the action with his jab. And when they announced that Tony Harrison had won, Tony Harrison looked to be the most surprised person in the entire building when his hand was raised. It was, it was hilarious. It was hilarious, it, 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 but in my opinion, horrible decision. After knocking out Jorge Cota in the third round, Jamel got a rematch on, a, on December 21st, 2019 against Tony the Tiger Harrison. And this time, I thought Tony was winning the fight after 10 rounds, and Jamel staggered. Tony Harrison and knocked him out in the 11th round to regain his WBC Super Welterweight Championship. Then his next fight, he looked brilliant against the IBF champion Jason Rosario and he knocked out Rosario with a left jab in the 8th round. It was a beautiful left jab, knocked out Rosario. And then he, you had his two fights with Brian Castagno. The first fight, which was a war July 17, 2021. This was for the undisputed Super Welterweight slash Junior Middleweight Championship of the World. The winner becomes the second undisputed Junior Middleweight Champion of, 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 of all time. The first, of course, being Ronald Rinky Wright back in 2004. Well, the fight was a draw. fight could have gone either way. It was a great fight. They had the rematch May of last year, 2022. Castaño got off to a good start, but Charlo 
and you'll hear the entire play-by-play coming up after I finish this uh, uh, historical overview. Charlo came rowing back to knock out Castaño in the 10th round and will be going to that fight very soon, and I will give you the timestamps and the whole nine for that. Charlo was supposed to fight Tim Zhu twice, but as mentioned in the... Uh, as mentioned in um, All Access that I reviewed, he hurt his hand. He hurt his left hand, and twice that fight has been postponed, and now that fight's never going to happen. Because even if Charlo loses this coming Saturday night, I can't see a guy going up to 160 and going back down to 154. He's already... Going to lose the WBO title. Uh, Tim Zhu will be fighting uh, Brian Mendoza for the for the vacant WBO title two weeks after Charlo fights Canelo. And depending on what happens between Charlo and, 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 and Canelo, those other three belts are probably going to go up up for grabs. That's why you know people are talking about the controversy, the so-called controversy between Terence Crawford and Errol Spence. The rematch where it should happen at 147 should happen at 154. In my opinion, it should happen at 154 for one of these vacant, vacant titles. Because I don't see Jamel coming back down. Terrence and Errol should fight for either the WBC, IBF, or WBA criminal cartel world title. Now, Jamel Charlo, after having an incredible run at super welterweight. One of the best. He's, in my opinion... One of the five greatest super welterweights of all time. Um, I've got Thomas Hearns, number one. Mike McCollum, number two. Terry Norris, number three. Ronald Winky White, number four. And now i got Jamel Charlo at number five. The, the, the four guys above Jamel are in the Hall of Fame. Jamel is going to the Hall of Fame. Win or lose against Saul Canelo Alvarez. And now... Get ready to have your uh, devices, your smartphones, your smart TVs, your iPads, your tablets. Go to the YouTube channel, and when I come back for a brief break, I'm going to give you guys an opportunity to go to YouTube. Type in Jamel Charlo versus Brian Castaño 2. And then when I come back, I'll tell you which link to click on and the timestamp. As we do a watch along and I do recreate, oh, and mute your devices, mute your TVs as we get ready for a watch along as I recreate the play by play of the May 14th, 2022 rematch for the undisputed Super Welterweight Championship of the World, Jamel Charlo versus Brian Castaño. All right, ladies and gentlemen, YouTube. Search engine Charlo versus Castaño 2 full fight PBC on Showtime. Find that under the Premier Boxing Champions uh, YouTube channel PBC on Showtime. All right, click on the link, go to the four minute and 43 second mark, pause it. Mute your devices, mute your smart TVs, get ready for my countdown. I'm going to count down from five, and then when I say play, hit play.
When I say hit play, hit play. Five, four, three, two, one. Hit play. All right. You go, Charlo and Castaño getting last minute instructions. We're getting ready. 12 rounds for the undisputed super middleweight, I mean, super welterweight championship of the world. The first time in uh, 19 years that you'll have an undisputed super welterweight slash junior middleweight 154 pound champion the last being ronald winky Wright. referee getting ready to ring the bell here we go round one charlo all his success always comes behind his left jab he while he landed his left jab regularity in the first round it didn't dominate when he dominates with the jab as he just tries to shoot a jab out there it's when he's at his utmost effective, effectiveness, effective, however you want to say it. Castanio <laughs> uh, misses with his jab. Castanio provided great pressure in the first fight. I mean, he gave Charlo hell. Charlo misses with a left jab, right cross combination. Looks like a feel-out round. Even though both men fought their asses off in the first fight, they're feeling each other out in the first round here in the second fight. Nothing of substance has occurred yet. Oh, there goes a nice four-punch combination by Charlo. Left jab, right cross, left hook to the body. Beautifully done by uh, Jamel. Jamel, in order to beat Canelo, has to utilize that jab. Castaño timed the jab there with a the right hand, and then Charlo came back with two left jabs, and um, Castaño's jab hit Charlo's gloves. Oh, Castagna just missed with a right cross there. Mm, Castagna trying to jab to the body. Castagna jab to the body back by a Charlo. Jamel's got to continue to pump that jab. Like I said, he's at his most effective when he's throwing that left jab and landing that left jab. I've always said Jamel is the better twin of the twin brothers. I always felt Jamel was better than Jamal. It doesn't help that Jamal's been damn near ghost for the last three years. Ooh, nice jab and then a counter jab by, ooh, good combination by Castaño there. Beautifully done. Castaño misses with a right to the body. Best action of the fight so far for Castaño, who up until that point had done little or nothing. He landed a nice combination there and then he lands the jab as Charlo backs away. Nice double jab there by Castaño. Castaño has a very underrated left jab. And Castaño continues to try to tie. Ooh, nice double left hook to the body by Jamel Charlo. Charlo with a right to the body. Uh, things beginning to heat up here in the first round of the rematch for the undisputed tie. Ooh, nice left hook inside by Castaño. The Charlo counter with a nice combination inside. Charlo, Charlo misses with a wide left hook. Ooh, nice right hand, and then Charlo came back with a left hook. Nice right hand by Castaño, then Charlo Connor with a left hook there. End of the first round, I give a slight edge to Jamel Charlo because he, he initiated the action and he landed the more clear, concise punches, but Castaño did have some nice 
counter shots in the in the last minute of the round, but I give that round to Jamel Charlo 10-9. Um, Derek James giving Jamel his instructions in between rounds one and two. I have to give uh, Charlo credit there. As the graphic said, his keys to victory, stay off the ropes. He was not on the ropes at all in the first round. Castaño giving instructions by his trainer as we get ready for round two. Brian Castaño, always a tough out, tough, durable, super, super welterweight slash junior middleweight. We're getting ready for round two, 12 rounds for the undisputed super welterweight championship of the world. Charlo doubling the jab. Nice double jab, right cross. Ooh, nice combination by Jamel. Jamel, double, triple jab. Now, even if the jab's not landing, he's keeping Castaño busy to try and defend that left jab. Charlo coming out nicely here in round two. Castaño misses with a double jab and just missed with that right cross. You could tell, just like in the first fight, Castaño trying to time Charlo's jab with his right hand of his own. Charlo with a four-punch combination there. Charlo with another combination. Jamel fighting much more accurately and actively than he did in the first fight. I'm really enjoying the way Jamel is fighting the second fight here. He's carrying the action so far, and he's doing it aggressively and from the outside behind that nice left jab of his. There goes Charlo again with the jab. The key to Charlo's success is always that left jab. And there goes a left jab, right cross combination by Charlo. Another jab by Charlo. Castaño's got to be busier. He can't sit there and let Charlo throw that jab at will. Castaño's got to get inside and beat up Charlo like he did several times in the first fight. He cannot stay outside because he cannot outbox Charlo. Charlo with a three-punch combination. Capped off by a nice left up. Oh, beautiful right cross by Jamel Charlo. Charlo, left hook by Charlo. Jamel fighting beautifully here in the second round. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, the key... The left jab. When the left jab is cooking by Jamel, he could beat anybody on the planet. Left hook, right cross combination by Castaño. And then Charlo comes back with a hook to the body, hook to the head. Beautifully done by Jamel. Jamel fighting brilliantly here in the second round. Everything off that beautiful jab of his. Castaño landed a nice right cross and then Charlo back with a left hook to the body. Up with the jab. Another jab by Charlo. Charlo knows that he's got to maintain distance with that jab. And he's doing it so far in the first two rounds. And he made sure not to touch the ropes there. Jamel's ring IQ is highly underrated. Oh, beautiful hook to the body. That uppercut to the head by Jamel. Another hook to the body. Jamel, stay off the ropes, Jamel. Right cross. Combination by Jamel. Castaño is waiting, waiting too long. He's got to throw. Oh, nice right cross over the top by Jamel as they're inside. Castaño grazed Charlo with a left hook there. Castaño with a right cross left hook combination at the bell, but it was too little too late. Round two goes to Jamel 10-9. 2018 Jamel after two rounds. 
And now there's a commercial. So, ladies and gentlemen, pause your thing. Pause your thing, and I'll tell you when to now hit play again as we get ready for round three. Jamel was really cooking in that second round. The jab as they show the highlights. And there goes Castaño. And that was towards the end of the round. He's trying to time the jab with that right cross, but he's waiting too long. He's got to throw more combinations. There goes that left hook by Jamel Charlo that landed earlier in round two. Castaño has got to get inside. There was a nice right cross there by Jamel. Jamel's two best punches, the left jab and the right cross. And it's always the left jab that sets up the right cross. Getting ready for round three, 12 rounds for the undisputed Super Welterweight Championship of the World. Jamel th threw three jabs there. Castaño threw one shot. Castaño has to be more active as Jamel's pumping that jab. Another jab by Jamel. Jamel pumping that left jab. Castaño waiting, watching when he should be more active. Double jab there by Charlo. Charlo with a three-punch combination. I believe Castaño threw a right hand in there and landed. But one and done. It's one and done for Castaño. Charlo ties him up. Charlo was on the ropes for a brief second. He's done a great job of staying off those ropes here in the rematch. Another double jab by Charlo. Even when he's not landing, he's staying active. And in a... And in a slow round, a round where there's not a lot of activity, him throwing all those jabs will catch the judge's eyes and give him a beautiful three-punch combination ca capped off by a right to the body by Jamel. Castaño misses a wild left hook. Castaño's not landing his jab also. Castaño jab in the first fight was effective. Here it's been ineffective. It's like there he lands a right cross there, but it's like his whole game plan is time Charlo's jab with his right cross. Left hook to the body by Castaño. Castaño also has been unable to get inside and fight in the in the clinches, in, in, in the trenches. Ooh, nice left hook there by Jamel as Castaño missed. And then Ch Jamel left hook to the body, left to the head, and then a stiff jab. Right cross by Jamel. Up against the ropes. N nice body work there by Castaño. And then Jamel escapes the ropes. And, and they tie up. And Castaño's got to do more of that. Get inside, bang the body. But his jab is non-existent in this fight. He missed a three-punch combination. And then, and then Charlo countered and missed with a right cross. There goes a stiff jab by Jamel. Another double jab by Jamel. A right cross. Uh, Jamel, get off those ropes, Jamel. Jamel's got to get off those. Oh, nice right counter off the ropes. And a left hook by Jamel. Jamel with a left hook, and then he ties him up. Smartly done. That IQ, that ring IQ is on an all-time level here for Jamel. Both men miss wild shots inside. Ooh, nice left hook by Castaño. But then Jamel came back with two jabs. The first jab was a stiff jab to the head. But Jamel got to stay off those ropes. He's beginning to linger on the ropes, which is what Castaño wants. Very close round. Because uh, Char Charlo with a three-punch combination capped off by a left hook. 
And I'm gonna have to give this round to Jamel Charlo, also 10-9. 30-27 Charlo after three rounds on my scorecard. But Castaño is getting closer to engaging in a dogfight. But in that round, Charlo landed effectively off the ropes, but he cannot continue to stay on the ropes because that's what got him in trouble the first fight. And it's not going to help him against Canelo. He cannot go up against the ropes against Canelo because Canelo will bang that body as Canelo, one of the greatest body punches in the sport today. Derek James giving Charlo instructions. But so far, offensively, Charlo is on his A game. While Castaño has to keep going to the body. He's got to start landing his jab. His jab is non-existent in this fight as we get ready for round four. Here we go, round four. Charlo sticks the jab out there. A nice uppercut to the to the to the to the stomach and then another jab by Charlo. Charlo sticking that jab. That jab has been the most effective weapon in the fight because it's kept Castaño standstill. And Castaño pulling with his jab, but now, ooh, nice jab, then a right to the body by Charlo. Another stiff jab by Jamel. Jamel missed with a left hook, but goes back to the jab. Ooh, nice uppercut by Jamel. Right cross, right cross by Jamel, left to the body by Jamel. Nice right cross, left hook combination by Jamel. Two punt, another right cross, left hook combination by Jamel. Castaño just standing there. Castaño has got to get into a dogfight with Jamel. He's letting Jamel pile up points. And Castaño, in my opinion, does not have the one-punch knockout power that could freeze Charlo and turn things around. He's got to get busy like he did in the first fight. Right now, he's being outworked. Another jab by Charlo. Another jab by Charlo. Castaño just standing there watching. Watching. He needs to get inside and start throwing combinations. Well, they a triple jab all in the miss, but he's got to do more of that to try to get inside. He's got Charlo up against the ropes, but he's not going to the body like he should. He's headhunting. Charlo sees, oh, nice stiff jab by Jamel Charlo. The one problem I got with Jamel, though, is he's going up against the ropes more often now, and he, he, he should not do that. It will give Castaño opportunities like that right there to bang the body, even though in the middle of the ring... Castaño then landed a nice four-punch combination while Charlo comes back with a stiff jab and a hook to the body. Another hook by Charlo. Left jab, right cross combination by Charlo. Uppercut by Charlo. Right to the body, left uppercut by Charlo. Back with the jab by Charlo. Castaño is throwing two punches to Charlo's every ten. That's not good enough. He's got to force the action. Another stiff jab by Jamel. Left hook inside by Jamel. Castaño... Is, been, is being ineffective with his offense. Not a stiff jab by Charlo. Castaño has yet to turn this fight into a dogfight. That's the only way he can outwork and out. Oh, nice right cross by Jamel. Jamel, though, up against the ropes. Castaño had some success there, but, but Charlo landed it right to the body and backed off the ropes, then back up against the ropes. Castaño, now they're in a firefight. 
Both men. Oh, nice right cross by Castagna. Right back by a, a right cross left hook combination by Charlo. Beautiful left hook by Charlo at the bell. Another round in Charlo's bank. 10-9. 40-36 Charlo after four rounds. That was beautifully done. As we look at Jamel's beautiful girlfriend, who you saw throughout the All Access two-part series on Showtime. And she's at ringside cheering her man on. 40-36 Jamel after four rounds. There you go. That beautiful left took at the bell that snapped. That snapped Castanio's head back. Even when they're inside slugging, Charlo is getting the better of the exchanges, which is not a good sign. And now, ladies and gentlemen, pause your, uh, your uh, smart devices because... Right now, I'll let you know when to hit play. All right, hit play. We're getting ready for round five. 40-36 Charlo on my scorecard after four rounds. Castaño has got to step up his activity. He's got to go to the body. He's been ineffective going to the body as we start round five. And once again, Jamel looking better in the rematch like he did than in the first fight. See, when Charlo's not throwing punches, that's when Castaño should be throwing punches. He just can't watch Jamel like a statue. Nice left took to the body inside by Jamel. Jamel fighting a very smart, intelligent fight. Ties you up when he has to tie you up. This is the Jamel Charlo that could give Canelo Alvarez hell Saturday night, September 30th. Ooh, Castaño landed a right cross and then a, a four-punch combination by Charlo. One thing about Jamel in this fight, every time Castaño does something, Jamel tops it. Both men land a jab there, and then another jab by Castaño. Castaño has got to... Oh, stiff jab by Charlo. Castaño, another jab by Charlo. Castaño, oh, left hook by, by, by Charlo. Charlo fighting brilliantly off the ropes in this fight. Much better off the ropes in this fight. And there goes Castaño landing a combination to the body than a left hook. He's got to do more of that. He needs to press the action. Double uppercut there by, by Charlo. And then Castagno with a combination inside. Another combination by Castagno inside. Another combination by Castagno. This is Castagno's best round so far in the fight. But Charlo comes back with a left jab. The left hook to the body by Castagno. Castagno. Oh, stiff jab by Charlo. Castagno's got to go to the body more often. Stop following Charlo around. Just dig to the body. Stiff jab by Jamel Charlo. Oh, nice right cross by Castagno. The right cross left took by Castagno. Right cross left took by Castagno. Castagno with a beautiful left to the body, left to the head. Castagno's best round easily of the fight. Left took by Castagno. Right left to the body. Right cross by Castagno. Charlo came back with a nice left took, but Castagno carried the action here in round five. Both a left took by, by Charlo. Right cross by Castagno. Left jab by Charlo. Right cross by Castaño. Castaño stepping up his offense here like he has to in order to win this fight. 
Ooh, he just missed with a right hand. Ooh, nice three-punch combination by Charlo. Left hook to the... I think he hurt Castaño. Castaño's hurt. He got hurt with that combination. Oh, about the double jab, the right cross. Oh, another right cross by Charlo. Then Castaño comes back with a right hand and an uppercut by Castaño. Oh, left hook by Castaño. Double combination, the left hook, right cross by Charlo. Then the Castaño left hook, right cross at the bell. What a round. Oh, great action there. I'm going to give that round to Castaño, even though he was briefly hurt there. Towards the end of the round, he came roaring back. 10-9 Castaño. 49-46 Charlo after five rounds. They're showing the replays of what was the best round of the fight and might have been the best round of both fights combined. That's one right there they're showing when he, when he hurt Castaño. But Castaño came roaring back after he was brief, briefly stunned. We get ready for round six. Castaño needs to build on that last round and continue doing that. He's got to be in... He's got to be in the... <laughs> he's got to be inside the, 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 the frying pan in order... To uh, light Jamel on fire. Stiff jab by Jamel. Jab to the body and then uh, Castaño landed a right cross over the top of the jab. One thing in a uh, nice left hook there by Castaño. Right, oh, nice left hook by Charlo. Counter, nice, oh, oh. Combination by Charlo after Castaño landed that right cross. Castaño beginning to time that jab more and more in the last couple of rounds. And Charlo is going up against the ropes more and more, which he cannot do against Saul Canelo Alvarez. Nice combination left hook by Charlo. Castaño misses with a wild left hook there. Castaño misses with his jab. Jamel very focused in this rematch. And when Jamel Charlo is focused with that high intelligent uh, IQ, ring IQ, and that beautiful left jab, right cross counter, he is a problem for anybody on this planet. Stiff jab by Jamel. Double, triple jab by Jamel Charlo. Castaño landed a right cross inside there. But Jamel back to establishing the jab. Nice combination there by Jamel. But Jamel's got to stay off those ropes. Left hook by Jamel. Both of them landed their jab, and then Jamel came back with another jab. Double, triple jab, right cross combination by Castaño. Left hook inside by Jamel. Castaño lands his jab. Castaño beginning to throw, beginning to throw more, and more, more and more jabs the last couple of rounds, which is, which is he has to do. Oh, nice triple jab by Jamel. Up to the body of the hand, right cross by Castaño. Another right cross by Castaño. Jamel dig two nice rights to the body. Ooh, nice left hook there by Castaño, which has been... Ooh, nice four-punch combination by Castaño. Ooh, nice uppercut by Charlo. <coughs> Tough round to score. Nice right cross by Castaño. Double jab by Jamel. Castaño having more success the last couple of rounds. Ooh, nice 
Jab right cross combination by Jamel. His signature combination. Another left jab right cross combination. Then a left hook. Then a left double left by uh, Castagna. Ooh, nice right cross over the top by Jamel Charlo. Stiff jab by Jamel. Ooh, nice right cross. Right as the bell's about to ring by Jamel Charlo. Jamel came back in that round nicely. I gave him the edge in that round, 10-9. I've got it 59-55 after six rounds for Jamel Charlo. Castano is not... Oh, ladies and gentlemen, pause your uh, devices. Yes, there's another commercial that has popped up. All right, you hit play, back to, back to live action. And that was one of the best right hands Castano's thrown in either fight that they showed the highlights of. And then that, that's early in the round when Castano was taking it to Jamel, but Jamel was able to recoup in the second half of the round and begin to dominate like he did earlier. And they're showing the highlights right there, the left jab, right cross combination, his signature combination, Jamel Charlo's signature combination. Can Jamel fight 12 rounds utilizing that jab and footwork and not touching the ropes against Canelo Alvarez because I don't think he can knock out Canelo. Round 7 has begun. And this, when Jamel is not throwing punches, this is when Castanio needs to step up and go to the body. He cannot watch Jamel like a statue. Jamel jabs to the body there. This is what's going to cost Castagno to fight, his inactivity. Now, left jab, right cross to the body by Jamel Charlo. Charlo, as focused as you'll ever see him in a fight. He's got to be even more focused. And I don't know, you know, I like Steve Farhood. We're usually on point here, but now he's got the fight dead even at 57-57. He's not seeing the same thing I'm seeing. I've got a 59-55, Jamel Charlo. He's dominating the offense with that jab. Castano's had some success, but not as successful as the first fight. And there's too many dead spots for Castano like now where he's doing nothing, where he's just watching him as a statue. Nice three-punch combination there by Jamel Charlo. Castagna jab to the body, jab to the head. And Castagna's just following Charlo around. He's not doing what he did in the last two rounds. There he goes. Oh, nice left jab there by Jamel Charlo. That was a stiff left jab. Sort of like a half hook, half jab. Similar to the punch he knocked out Jason Rosario with. Which I talked about on the historical overview before the watch along of this fight. Nice left jab, right cross. Combination there by Jamel. Jamel staying busy while Castano's just watching him like a statue. You can't win rounds like this. You can't win a fight against a Jamel Charlo like this. You got to step up your offense. Stiff jab by Jamel Charlo. Another, oh, nice right uppercut there by Charlo after landing the jab. Another stiff jab by Charlo. Everything off that left jab. 
Castagna was backing Charlotten against the ropes, but he missed every shot he threw. And he's not going to the body like he did the last two rounds. He missed with a right cross. Charlo exhibiting great footwork. Stiff jab there by Jamel. Jab to the body by Castagno, but Castagno has been very inactive in this round. You cannot... Oh, nice left jab. Oh, beautiful left uppercut by Jamel Charlo. A left hook inside by Jamel. Castagno getting beat to the punch and being overwhelmed offensively in this round. The end of the round, 10-9 Charlo. I've got it 69-64 Charlo after seven rounds. I don't know what my buddy Steve Farhood is looking at. Jamel is dominating this fight, as they show Errol Spence. Errol Spence, 14 months before he got clobbered by the great Terrence Crawford. Once again, this fight occurred May 14th, 2022, for the undisputed super welterweight championship of the world. Derek James giving great instructions, as always, to Jamel Charlo. Charlo's offense Increased tremendously when Derek There goes that three punch combination I talked about early in the round Jamel dominated that round And Castaño cannot sit there and watch And despite Steve Farhood's scorecard Castaño, I believe, needs a knock on the win That was a beautiful left hook right there Oh, Jamel putting his punches together beautifully in this fight Round eight Always love the Charlo's brothers' use of their jabs. They utilized their height, which at 5'11 was normally taller than anybody they fought at, at 154. When both men were on top in the 154-pound division. Once again, Castagno doing nothing but watching Jamel like a statue. He's When you have dead spots like this, you gotta go to the body. Double jab, right cross by Jamel Charlo. Castagno's doing nothing right now. He's got to step up his offense. And his jab, other than, than the fifth and sixth round, has been inactive in this fight. Oh, nice right hand by, by, by Castagno, but it's one and done. One and done because Charlo came back with three punches after that. Oh, nice right uppercut there by Charlo. Inside. He is countering Castagno more and more now in this last couple of rounds. Left jab, right cross, left hook combination, another jab by Charlo. Jamel with a right cross, left hook combination. He is carrying the offense. He is doing all the offense here. Castagno lands an occasional shot, but he's not active enough. Look, he had Charlo up against the ropes and he missed. Ooh, Charlo just missed with that right cross off the ropes. Nice left hook inside by Jamel. Well, he, uh, Steve Farhood rightfully gave Charlo the last round. It was an easy round to score. Stiff jab by Charlo. Right to the body by Castaño. Nice combination inside. Another combination by Charlo. Castaño missed with a left hook to inside when he had Charlo up against the ropes. Nice right cross by Jamel. And now Jamel ties up Castaño to thwart his offense. Uh, Castaño just missed with a sweeping right hand right there.
And Castagna just missed with a left hook there and then digged a nice left hook to the body. And Castagna came back with a left hook. I mean, Charlo came back with a left hook to the head. Another jab by Charlo. Dead spots like this where Castagna could up 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 the ante and try and put... Oh, nice right cross there for, for Castagna. But it's one and done. Stiff jab by Jamel Charlo. He's got to knock Charlo out. He's got to hurt Charlo. And he's not going to do it one shot. He's looking like he wants to land one shot to hurt Charlo. That's not happening against an all-time great super, middle, super welterweight Jamel Charlo. The round ends. It was a very close round. I'm going to give that round to Castagno because I think he stepped up his offense there and Charlo missed a lot. So 10-9 Castagno. And I have it 68-64. No, 78-74 after eight rounds. Pause your devices, please. I have it 78-74 after eight rounds for Jamel Charlo. I'll let you know when to hit play. All right, the countdown begins, ladies and gentlemen. Hit play. All right, you're getting ready for round nine. Yeah, that was a nice right cross that Castagno landed in the round. And, that, and, you know, off the strength of that nice right cross, you might give the round to Castagno. I gave the round to Castagno because I thought he was more aggressive in that round. And Charlo missed a lot of shots in that round. As they continue to show replays from round number eight. We're getting ready for round nine. It's been a good fight so far, even though I've, I feel that it's been dominated by Jamel. Here we go, round nine. Left hook by, uh, Char uh, by Castagno and Charlo. Lands a nice combination, nice right hand by Charlo. Ooh, nice combination inside on when he was up against the ropes by Charlo. Right cross, left hook combination. Okay. They both threw jabs there. Uh, Charlo, of course, was the more effective. Castagna's got... Oh, nice left jab, right cross combination by, by Charlo. Another left jab, right cross combination by Jamel. Right, right to the body by Castagno. Another left jab. Right cross missed that time by Jamel Charlo. Man, when he throws, that combination is beautiful. Me and uh, Steve Farhood's scorecard's almost the same now. I got a 78-74. Farhood has a 77-75. We both got Charlo in front. Nice jab to the body by Jamel. Steve Farhood is the only boxing announcer who scores fights that I respect. Because 99% of the times, our scorecard's match three punch combination inside charlo just did a few seconds ago and out back to the jab castaño had an opportunity there missed both his shots jamel is, is exhibiting in this fight proper usage of footwork no unnecessary movement that my father used to always hate that fighters did he backs up when he has to back up he doesn't move just to move Left jab by Castaño, then back to the jab by Charlo. Charlo moving. 
And when Charlo moves, it's to get into position to punch. Just not to move to get... Oh, nice. Ooh, both men did did uh, some nice work there. Charlo back to the jab. Stiff jab, right cross combination by Jamel. Castaño misses with his right hand. Castaño, in my opinion, needs a knockout. He's not beating Jamel Charlo by decision. Like, right there, he's in. Oh, nice left hook. Wow. And an uppercut inside by Jamel. Then a double hook. Then a nice left hook there by Castaño. Stiff jab by Charlo. Then a left uppercut. Oh, nice left to the body by uh, Castaño. Then a combination to the body by Charlo. Charlo up against the ropes. Left jab, right cross combination. Left hook there scores by Castaño. Oh, oh, nice three punch combination by Castaño. Give that round to Castaño also. Because at the end, he outworked and outlanded Charlo. So 10-9 Castaño in the eighth round. And now I've got it. 87-84 Charlo after nine rounds. Castaño has got to get this fight into a dogfight. In the last couple of rounds, he's been much more successful with Charlo up against the ropes. Charlo's got to stay off those ropes, ladies and gentlemen. It's him staying up against the ropes that cost him the first fight. And the first fight was a draw. We're getting ready for round number 10. Castaño's got some momentum here going into the 10th round. Castaño's breathing heavy and Charlo looks as fit in the 10th round as he did in the first round. Nice left hook there by Castaño. Castaño fighting with much more urgency, which I said he had to. Ooh, nice three-punch combination by Charlo. Stiff jab by Charlo. When, when, ooh, nice uppercut by Charlo. When things get rough, Charlo's got that left jab. Ladies and gentlemen, a left jab in boxing is similar to a great serve in tennis. See, when Jamel moves, it's to set up his punching. Nice right off the top of the head by Jamel and Castaño. Ooh, nice hook to the body by, by, by Charlo. Nice right, uh, right cross, left hook combination. Then a left jab, right cross combination by Charlo after Castaño landed. A nice right, left combination of his own. Double jab by Charlo. Now, both me and Steve Fallon's scorecards are exactly the same. 87-84. <laughs> Nice left hook, right combination inside by Jamel. Castaño has stepped up his offense the last few rounds. With you. Ooh, stiff jab by Jamel. Right uppercut, left combination by, left hook combination there by Jamel. He backs away. Real focus in this fight. I love the focus he's had in this fight. Right off the top of the head by Castaño. Left jab to the body. Castaño landed a nice left jab. One of the best jabs he landed in the fight so far. Right cross off the top. Then a right inside by 
by Charlo. Nice stiff jab by Charlo. Backing away. Less than a minute to go in round number 10. Nice right. Oh, that left took staggered Castano. Castano went down. That left took really hurt him. It didn't look like much of a punch, but it caught him on top of the head. Castano's in major trouble. Oh, what a left hook right off the forehead. Castano's, oh, beautiful call. Three punch combination, left hook to the body. And why is the thing paused? Oh, my God. Pause it. Pause it. Pause it. Unbelievable. Now hit play. Hit play. Referee counting. Counting. Castano trying to get up. I can't believe it. I said he can't get up. A tough round knockout for Jamel Charlo. It started with that left hook while they were in the middle of an exchange. And then he landed a beautiful left hook to the body. My father used to always say when you hurt a man. Go to the body because he's going to try and protect his head. Jamel Charlo with a tremendous 10th round knockout to become only the second undisputed super welterweight champion in the history of boxing. Beautiful, beautiful fight. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to hear two consecutive voice notes on predictions by my brothers Rob from Philly and Gritty from Detroit. And then I will come back and give you my historical overview of Canelo, Canelo Alvarez's career. And then we will replay and watch along his fight versus Caleb Plant. Yo, yo, what's going on, OG? What's the deal, fam? You know what I'm saying? Um, old from Philly. Um, this is a difficult fight, yo. I, when I first predicted, you know, when they announced the fight, you know, that Jamel was fighting um, Canelo, thought it was the other brother. Um, but this fight right here, um, I think it's going to be a little bit more difficult for Canelo than expected. You, you know, I think Charlo going to come in there trying to win. You know what I'm saying? And Canelo going to have to um, show who's the boss in that jump. You, you know, honestly, man, um, so, it reminds me of that fight Floyd had with Canelo. Can Canelo, has he learned from that fight? Because I'm not saying Charlo is Floyd by any stretch of the imagination. But he possesses somewhat of some of the skills that Floyd possessed, you know, which can make it a difficult night for Canelo. So, we'll see if Canelo has um, actually um, learned from that fight in this fight. Um I'm picking, I'm, I'm picking Canelo to win this fight still. Um, but I think Charlo can make it interesting. So, you know what I'm saying? That's my prediction. You know what I'm saying? We'll see what happens on fight night. Um, one love. Peace. What up, though? It's your guy, Gritty. Shout out to the Hitman Chronicles. Every episode been fire. The storytelling, always fire. Shout out to D.O.G. Rob Silver. The one and only. Keep doing your thing. You know we love what you do. We love to listen to these episodes. Don't nobody bring it like you. I'm happy to get my prediction on this Canelo-Charlo fight. But I must say, this this has been probably the hardest fight for me to predict of the whole year. I've been pondering on this. I've been watching some tape. None of that even matters because I feel like the fight is so hard to call. Because when you look at 
take from the last few fights. Canelo, he's not as mobile. He's not moving his head anymore. He's looking like a fighter that his best days are clearly behind him. And then coming into these press conferences, he's saying everything that I would want him to say. He's he's not being unrealistic. He understands, yeah, I haven't looked good in my last few fights. He understands that he's gassing out earlier in the fight, so he go training in high altitude, getting ready for this fight. And also, I think Charlo is looking at these, looking at the Canelo that we've seen recently, and he's saying, okay, yeah, I can beat that guy. Like, yeah, I can fuck him up. And I think he's correct to think that because if you look at fights like the John Ryder fight, Canelo gassed out pretty early, and John Ryder was having success later on in that fight. He was having a lot of success splitting that high guard that Canelo likes to come forward in right now. And Bivol had a lot of success just get in and out, in and out, sticking a jab in his face, getting up out of there, because I don't think Canelo is as mobile anymore. But I just think that logically it's, it's weight classes for a reason. And jumping from 154 all the way up to 168, that just might be the hardest jump to make in boxing. Those guys at 168, they're super strong. And Canelo, he's been a super middleweight. He's been settled at that weight for a while now. And this being Charlo's first, I guess it would be his first what we can call a big fight. And it also being such a big weight jump. I wonder about how he'll be able to take Canelo's power. And so with that, I will say my official prediction. I'm going to go with Canelo by 11 round stoppage. And now my historical overview of the career of Saul Canelo Alvarez. In the history of boxing, there have been fewer boxers whose legacy has been both heralded and derided by both boxing fans and the media than Saul Canelo Alvarez. Despite his incredible work ethic and opposition that includes a who's who of many of the greatest fighters of the last decade, Canelo is criticized for choosing who and when he fights. The fact is, choosing who and when to fight has long been the tradition of the top drawing cards in the history of the sport. Canelo is one of the greatest fighters of the last 45 years because he has only one time in his, well now two times in his career, been completely dominated in a fight. Canelo, the youngest of seven brothers who all boxed, turned pro in his native Mexico at the tender age of 15. Trained by the famed Reynoso father and son team, Chepo and Eddie, Canelo won 21 of his first 22 fights in Mexico. The one blemish was a draw that occurred very early in his career. In his 23rd pro fight, he made his American debut on October 24, 2008 against fringe welterweight contender Larry Mosley because in the United States at the time, you had to be 18 in order to box professionally. 
After defeating the KG Mosley via 10-round decision, Canelo then won his next 12 fights and secured his first ever world title shot on March 5, 2011. Canelo totally dominated Ricky Hatton's brother Matthew in winning the vacant WBC Super Welterweight title by 12-round decision. At the age of 20, Canelo began his first of many reigns as a world champion. On April 20th, 2013, in front of over 39,000 fans at the San Antonio Alamo Dome, Canelo won a hard-fought 12-round decision against the slick boxer and WBA 154-pound champion Austin Trout. In defeating Trout, Canelo unified both the WBC and WBA 154-pound titles. Not only did Canelo's victory over Trout make, make him a unified world champion, it placed him amongst Manny Pacquiao and Floyd Mayweather as the biggest box office attractions in boxing at that time. It also gave him the biggest fighters of his career, which, is, which was a matchup against the defensive mastermind and reigning pound-for-pound pound king, Mayweather. Despite what Canelo defenders and Mayweather detractors have stated, Canelo was not a green fighter going into his blockbuster fight with Floyd on the night of September 14, 2013. Although only 23 years old, Canelo had been a pro for eight years and had, been, had, had already defeated several top flight contenders. Mayweather was 36 at the time and had lost a step. What Mayweather did that evening was give Canelo the boxing lesson of his life. Mayweather shut down Canelo's main weapons, which was body punching and counter punching. In what many regard as Mayweather's greatest performance, he completely dominated Canelo to win by, and this is a head shaker in itself, a majority decision. Judge C.J. Ross puzzlingly scored the fight a draw. It would be the final fight the incompetent judge would ever score. Floyd showed that night why he was the greatest fighter of his generation. Following his loss to Mayweather and then giving Mexican brawler Alfredo Angulo a brutal and one-sided beating, Canelo squared off against another great defensive fighter in the Cuban stylist Erislandi Lara. On July 12, 2014, Lara gave Canelo hell as Canelo was unable to land his potent left jab. Canelo, however, was able to land several hard shots to Lara's body. In a fight that could have gone either way, Canelo won by a surprisingly wide margin on the scorecards. It would be the last time for several years until he would fight Dimitri Bavol that Canelo would be outboxed in such a manner. After the Lara fight, Canelo destroyed middleweight power puncher James Kirkland inside of three rounds in front of over 31,000 fans at Houston's Minute Maid Park. This was a tune-up before fighting WBC 160-pound champion Miguel Cotto. Canelo's constant pressure was too much for the recently, inter recently inducted International Boxing Hall of Famer as Canelo won a comfortable 12-round decision on November 21, 2015 to win his second division world champion. After three dominating, de dominating defenses of his middleweight crown, Canelo would then face the so-called division's boogeyman, Triple G Gennady Golovkin. On September 16, 2017, Canelo faced Golovkin in an attempt to unify the WBA, WBC, and IBF 160-pound titles. Canelo did his best to try and keep the aggressive Triple G off of him, 
but was unable to keep the fight in the middle of the ring. Canelo spent far too much time on the ropes the first 10 rounds of the fight. <coughs> Canelo made a huge comeback down the stretch of the fight, which enabled him to escape with a draw. Many Canelo critics and members of the media felt Triple G was robbed. To be honest, in my opinion, Triple G blew the fight by not attacking Canelo's body when up against the ropes and fading down the stretch. Triple G blew a golden opportunity to make my list of the greatest fighters of the last 45 years by his inability to close the show against Canelo. Canelo and Triple G's May 2018 rematch was postponed because of Canelo testing positive for the banned substance clenbuterol. Instead, the rematch took place on September 15, 2018. Canelo shocked me that night. He came roaring out the gate and took the fight to Triple G in a complete 12-round war in which both men landed nuclear bombs that didn't phase each other. Canelo deservedly, deservedly won a very close unanimous decision to secure the biggest win of his career. After a brutal 11th-round knockout of WBO light heavyweight champion Sergey Kovalev, Canelo focused his eff efforts on becoming the first 168-pound undisputed world champion. In an 11th-month period, from December 20th to, to from December 2020 to November 2021, Canelo accomplished his goal by thoroughly battering Caleb Smith, Billy Joe Sanders, and Caleb Plant. After his 11th-round systematic stoppage of Plant, Canelo moved up to light heavyweight and t and lost. And lost a thorough 12 round decision as Dimitri Bavol outboxed, outclassed, and outmastered Canelo that night. Canelo, since losing to Bavol, defeated Triple G in a rematch in which Triple G was all but done. And John Ryder, in a fight that should have ended earlier, but Ryder survived and lost a lopsided 12 round decision. And now. Canelo will be facing Jamel Charlo in the fight between two undisputed world champions. Ladies and gentlemen, I will be now doing a play-by-play -play and re and re um watch along of Canelo versus Caleb Plant. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to give you a chance like I did with the Jamel Charlo, uh, Brian Castagna rematch. Go to YouTube, type in Canelo Alvarez versus Caleb Plant. Make sure your smart TVs, smart devices are muted. And when I tell you what which YouTube channel to click on, Go ahead and I'll give you the timestamp. And I'll give you a few seconds to get your YouTube and the search for Canelo versus Killer Plant ready. All right, ladies and gentlemen, like we did with Jamel Charlo, go back to YouTube. Type in Canelo Alvarez versus Caleb Plant full fight. Showtime. You're going to click on the Showtime Sports YouTube channel. Which shows this fight when you do the search. Caleb Plant versus Canelo Alvarez. Full fight. Showtime. Sports. Pause it at the 
four minute and eight second mark. Mute your devices, mute your smart TVs. I'm going to give you a countdown and we're going to begin the watch along as I do the recreation of the play by play. Five, four, three, two, one, four minutes and eight seconds, hit play. All right, Canelo and Caleb Plant, this is for the undisputed super middleweight championship world. They get the instructions, they go back to their corners. Canelo doing his uh, typical pre-fight prayer and Caleb Plant praying also. As they get ready for round one for the unification of the undisputed, the first ever undisputed super middleweight champion of the world. And we get ready for round one. Here we go. Now, Caleb is a decent boxer. He's a very good boxer. He's got a nice jab, and he's going to have to occupy Canelo with that jab and he's already begun by throwing about two or three jabs Canelo is going to try to time that jab with his right cross and Canelo is going to try and attack Caleb Plant's body nice double jab there by Caleb Plant another double jab by Caleb Plant Canelo start Canelo when he fights a fighter like a Caleb Plant always starts off slow another double jab that just happened by Caleb Plant. Jabbed, and I don't know what that right was. It wasn't a punch, but he landed a jab before he did a right that looked like he was trying to move Canelo out the way. Jab to the body, jab to the head, another jab by Caleb. Caleb doing what he's supposed to do, utilizing that jab. If you notice, throughout Canelo's career, he's had problems. With guys that can move and have a nice jab. Like, well, after this fight, Dmitry Bavall. But Sergey Kovalev had tremendous success for the first 11 rounds with his jab before getting knocked out in the 11th round. Uh, Austin Trout, Erislandi Lara, Floyd Mayweather all gave Canelo problems with movement. Canelo's Achilles heel is like his idol, Julio Cesar Chavez. Guys that can move and could utilize the ring with movement and a beautiful jab. And right now, oh, Canelo landed the right hand there. First punch he landed in the fight as Caleb has been carrying around by utilizing that jab. Caleb threw a combination there, another jab, another jab, another jab by Caleb. Caleb doing what he's supposed to do, throwing the jab. Nice left took to the body by Canelo, right to the body. Then he just missed with that right cross over the top. Another jab by Caleb. But Caleb's going to have to throw that right hand too. He just can't stick that jab because Canelo eventually is going to time that jab and either feint and hook to, and, and throw it right to the body or, or go over the top of the right cross timing that jab. So Caleb's going to have to do more than just a jab. I mean, the jab is winning him this round so far, but he's another stiff jab there by Caleb. But it's got to be more than the jab. Another jab by Caleb. Caleb's got to let that right hand go. There, there, the first real right hand Caleb threw, he missed, he missed it, but at least he threw it. He's got to throw more right hands. Another 
Another jab by Caleb. Another jab by Caleb. Uh, Canelo misses with a hook. The bell rings. Round one goes to Caleb Plant. Solely on his left jab, 10-9. There goes Eddie Reynoso giving Canelo his uh, instructions. And yes, Canelo has to work the body. Double the left hook as they show Al Bernstein's key to victories. I agree with this 100%. Al Bernstein, one of the greatest anal uh, boxing analysts in the history of the sport. Yep, jab, jab, jab. But he's got through the combinations. This is exactly what Al Bernstein's right on the money. Jab, jab, jab. Combinations, then move. Stay off the ropes. Caleb is not throwing combinations, though. He is jab, 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 and he's been off the ropes. But he's got to throw combinations because a fighter with a high ring IQ, a legendary fighter like a Canelo Alvarez, will eventually time that jab with his right cross and hurt Caleb. And we all know how lethal a right cross Canelo Alvarez has. Here we go, round two. Dimitri Bavol showed you got to throw combinations to beat Canelo, just just not the jab. And uh, Caleb back to sticking that jab out. That was nice stiff jab right there. But he's got to throw combinations. He just can't stick a jab and then move. He's got to stick jab, right cross, left hook combination. He got to throw three punch combinations against Canelo, like Floyd Mayweather did, like Dimitri Bavol did after this fight. There goes Caleb controlling the action with a jab. Uh, Canelo attempted two uppercuts inside. Neither one really did any damage. That that pawn with the left hand by 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 uh, Caleb is gonna get him in trouble. You cannot pour the left hand. There goes a right hand by Caleb. Finally, he he threw a right. Oh, nice right uppercut by Caleb Plant. There he goes. Well, that was a left uppercut by Caleb Plant. My bad. Nice right to the body by Caleb. Caleb letting go that right hand here in round two. Another right to the body by Caleb. But stop pulling with the jab. Stick the jab. You don't pull with the jab. Another jab by... Oh, Canelo landed his first real right hand of the fight. Nice right cross there by Canelo. Nice left hook. Left, but stop with the point. Oh, nice left to the body by nice left hook by Caleb by Canelo. He threw a left to the body, left to the to the head, uppercut by Caleb. Jab by Caleb. Canelo puts oh nice left hook inside by Canelo. Another left hook inside by Canelo. Now Canelo begin to pump his jab. And Canelo has a great jab when he uses it. Triple jab by Caleb. Then a left hook by Caleb. Right to the body, left uppercut by, by Canelo. Caleb back with the stiff jab. Canelo has a great jab. He just doesn't utilize it against guys like Caleb much. Against Sergey Kovalev, he barely threw a jab. He banged the body, worked his, and then finally knocked him out in the 11th round. Nice three-punch combination there by Caleb. All with the left hand. Jab, hook to the body, hook to the head. Right to the, right to the, uh, to the back by Canelo. Canelo with a combination inside. Canelo beginning to throw punches. He's beginning to warm up. Caleb's got to stop pulling with that left hand. Just stick it. Stick the jab. There he goes. Double jab. Jab to the stomach. Jab to the head. Double jab. Left hook to the body by Canelo after. Oh, nice three-punch combination by Canelo there. Two hard shots to the body. Jab by Caleb. 
end of the round, give that round to Canelo because he began to bang the body and Caleb did too much pawn with that left hand. Caleb landed some nice right hands there, but I think Canelo's punches were more effective. 10-9 Canelo on my scorecard for the second round. I got it 19-19 after two rounds. Eddie Reynoso giving Canelo instructions. Canelo cannot fight Jamel Charlo without utilizing his jab. And in his last few fights, that jab has been non-existent. And it started a few years ago when he beat Sergey Kovalev. Now, the jab worked against Triple G in all three fights. But he's got to throw more of a jab against Jamel Charlo. He can't go in there thinking he could just break him down like he did everyone not named Dimitri Bavall the last five years. Okay, here we go, round three. Caleb back to sticking the jab. Oh, nice double jab there by Caleb Plant. Another double jab right to the body by Caleb Plant. Caleb starting out fast here in round three. But that pawn shit, he's got to stop that pawn. His corner's got to tell him, stop pawn with that left hand. Stick the jab. Nice combination there by Caleb. Canelo just standing there, and Canelo has a tendency, like you heard uh, from um, both uh, Gritty and um, King Shabazz's voice notes earlier, Canelo has a tendency to have a lull in action where he just, you know, takes rounds off or parts of a round off and that's what he's doing in this round so far he's absolutely done nothing as Caleb has carried the first minute of this round with that jab and movement Canelo should be sticking that jab out there seeing a fight against Jamel Charlo Charlo is going to be landing that jab nice uppercut there by 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 uh Caleb and then Canelo dug a combination to the body now, Canelo finally, after a minute of doing nothing, beginning to throw punches. He cannot do that against a Jamel Charlo. He's got to be constantly in. Oh, nice stiff jab there by Caleb Plant. And Caleb has got to throw that right hand more often. Right now in this round, a nice left hook inside by Canelo. Canelo with a right to the to, to the to the elbow. Canelo's a master of breaking your arms down, hurting your arms where you can't even pick up your arms late in the fight. Nice combination there by Caleb. Canelo, nice left hook inside by Canelo. Caleb's got to throw that right hand more. He just cannot rely on the jab. I mean, it's been tremendous for him so far in this fight. But he's got to throw that right hand more often. That right cross has got to come. There you go. There goes the right cross. He's got to throw it more often. You'll know Jamel Charlo is going to throw left jab, right cross combinations throughout the fight. Nice combination to the body by Canelo. Caleb still sticking that jab. But that's that pawn shit. Stop that pawn shit. Just stick the jab like he did right there. And there he throws the right hand that lands. Oh, nice combination there by Caleb. Left to the body, left uppercut. Caleb with a double jab. Canelo goes to the body, but Canelo is not as active as he should be. And shout out to King Shabazz and Gritty. They both mentioned how Canelo has a tendency of taking rounds off or taking moments off in the fight 
The bell rings. That round goes to Kayla Plant, basically on the effectiveness of that jab. 10-9. After three rounds, I have a 29-28, Kayla Plant. Here goes this bullshit graphic for belt undisputed male champion. Stop the bullshit, all right? I only look at undisputed champions in the history of boxing. Four belt era? Fuck the four belt era. The four belt era could kiss my ass. The four belt era. Look, when Muhammad Ali was undisputed champion of the world, there was no four belts. The great. Henry Armstrong was undisputed champion in three divisions at the same time. Featherweight, lightweight, and welterweight. Fuck a four belts. These were real undisputed champions where you didn't have multiple world champions in multiple divisions. All right, here we go. Round four. Caleb triple jabbed and a right to the body and uppercut by Caleb. Now Caleb beginning to throw more than the jab. Stiff jab there by Caleb. Caleb with a right hand that missed, but then landed the left hand. Another right cross by Caleb. Caleb beginning to throw more punches. He's beginning to throw more than, more than the jab, which he's going to have to do consistently over 12 rounds to win the decision. Left jab, left uppercut by Caleb. Nice stiff jab by Caleb. And once again, Canelo took 30 seconds before he started throwing punches in a round. Stiff jab by Caleb. Another stiff jab by Caleb. And ladies and gentlemen, as good of a fighter as Caleb Plant is, in my opinion, he's not a pimple on Jamel Charlo's ass in terms of talent, in terms of ring skill, in terms of ring IQ. He's not. Nice four-punch combination by Canelo. Canelo going to body. Left hook by Canelo. No, right cross by Canelo. The best action of the fight by Canelo so far. His best flurry. Canelo just missed with a left hook there. Canelo stepping up the action. Ooh, nice left hook inside by Canelo. Another left hook by Canelo. Stiff jab by Caleb, but then he starts pulling with that jab. Stop pulling with the left hand. There you go. Ooh, nice left to the body, right cross by Canelo. Canelo left hook to the rib cage. Beautiful. Canelo beginning to break down Caleb, and I think... He has already figured out that Caleb Plant cannot hurt him as Canelo throws it and lands a three-punch combination. He's felt Caleb's power, and he doesn't respect it, in my opinion. Nice right over the top by, by Canelo, and then Plant comes back with a right of his own. There goes a jab by, by Plant, but Plant stopped throwing the jab. Combination there by Canelo inside. Stop pouring with the jab, Caleb. Or right to the body by Caleb. Canelo with a snapping hook to the body. Right to the to, to, to the body. Then left to the to the head. Canelo walking down, Caleb. Canelo looks like he's figured out Caleb Plant already. And it's only the fourth round. Caleb stiff jab. Oh, nice left hook by Canelo. The pressure Canelo puts on you, you got to come back and you got to land 
something to keep him to keep him occupied, like Dimitri Bavall did, like Floyd Mayweather did throughout the fight. The round ends. That round goes to Canelo 10-9. I've got it 38-38 all even after four rounds. Caleb is going to have to gain Canelo's respect with something, or Canelo's just going to continue to walk through that jab and go to the body like he did at Shona Replace. And Canelo threw some devastating body shots in that round, as well as beautiful left hooks to the head. Canelo, one of, Canelo, one of the most accurate power punches of the last 20 years. That was a beautiful left hook that he landed right there on the replay. Yeah, I uh, I knew uh, Caleb Plant coming into this fight. I didn't think Caleb Plant had a shot in the world at beating Canelo because he does not have the power. Despite the fact that after this he knocked out Anthony Durrell with a beautiful left hook, he doesn't have the power to hurt the man who probably has the best chin in boxing in Canelo Alvarez. Nice stiff jab by. Caleb, and then Caleb threw a left uppercut there that glanced off of Canelo's gloves. Double jab by Caleb. Another jab by Caleb. They, uh, Canelo's biding his time, but while while he's biding his time, Caleb is piling up points with that jab. Oh, nice left underneath by Canelo to the body. Nice left to Caleb threw a left hook and then Canelo Connor with a left to the body. And there goes Caleb Pawn. You cannot do that bullshit against Canelo Pawn with that left hand. Stick the jab, Caleb. Nice left to the body there by Canelo. Canelo working that body like I expected him to do before this fight began. Referee warns Canelo keep his punches up. Oh, Caleb playing. Oh, yeah, and he's telling Caleb, do not push Canelo's head down. And now back to action. Oh, nice left hook to the body. And a combination there by Caleb. Right cross left hook combination. Oh, nice left to the body, left hook. And another right to the body, left hook by Canelo. Canelo, another left to the body, left hook up on top. Canelo digging that left hook to the body like I expected him to do in this fight. That's going to be the key to beating Jamel Charlo. Body put another beautiful left to the to the solar plexus by Canelo. Canelo beginning to land his body punches. Ooh, right over the top. Then left hook by Canelo. The same type of body punches that wore down Sergey Kovalev before knocking him out in the 11th round. There goes that pawn bullshit by Caleb. Stop with the BS. With that left jab. Not even left, just pawing. He's just pawing. Stick it. Nice jab by Canelo. Canelo with another left to the body. Canelo's got that left to the body. Ready and landing at will right now. And now this is what I call unnecessary move by Caleb. He's just moving. He's not throwing any punches. He's just moving. He's just moving. He's Oh, nice left to the body by Canelo. He just missed with the left hook after the shot. 
Caleb is moving, but not throwing punches. Another double left by Canelo. Canelo utilizing that left hand. He's not jabbing with the left, left hand. He's hooking. End of round five. That round goes to Canelo on my scorecard. I got it 48-47 Canelo after five rounds. The replays are going to show you the great body work by Canelo, especially the left hook to the rib cage and to the stomach. I'm pouring myself lemonade, ladies and gentlemen. I do not drink. <laughs> Replay show Canelo dodging that right cross left hook combination by Canelo there. Bye bye, Caleb there. All right. We're getting ready for round six. I've got Canelo up by a point, 48 47 after five rounds. Round six. Caleb missed with a jab and a right cross combination. Canelo is just looking to land that left to the body. They, once again, he throws the left to the body. Canelo has found a weapon that is successful. Ooh, nice right cross down the pipe by, by Caleb. But he cannot hurt Canelo Alvarez. Canelo's got him up against the ropes. Throws a combination to the body. Ooh, nice left uppercut. Left to the body there by Canelo. Right over the top while uh, Caleb tries to hold him. Another right over the top while Caleb tries to hold him. And referee warns Caleb about holding. Even though Caleb Plant is a good four or five inches taller than Caleb, he's not stronger than Canelo. Ooh, nice left hook inside by Canelo. Canelo, he's not jabbing with the left. He's coming in with the hook. Oh. Nice right over the top by Canelo. Very similar to the way he beat Sergey Kovalev. And he's just hooking to the... Oh, beautiful three-punch combination by Canelo. Oh, a double left hook to the body by Canelo. Caleb has got all oh, right cross over the top by Canelo. Right to the body, right to the top of the head by Canelo. Caleb not even countering those shots. The body punching has probably slowed Caleb down, and he's not even jabbing like he was the first four rounds. Oh, beautiful left uppercut inside by Canelo. Canelo's shots are, shots are landing flush, while Caleb is not landing his jab anymore. He's not even throwing it. And unnecessary movement as Canelo inside goes to the body again. Stiff jab by Canelo. Right over the top by Canelo. Canelo's in the zone right now. Caleb's in trouble. Caleb is going to have to land something big to get Canelo's attention. Because right now, the jab has been put to sleep. That jab is no longer effective. Ooh, nice left by Canelo. Canelo got his hands down, bobbing and weaving, basically taunting Caleb Plant. And Caleb is pawing. And he's pawing with that left hand. Throw the jab. What are you doing? 
Canelo has no respect at all for Caleb Plant's punch, punching power because he's fighting with his hands down low and bobbing and weaving his head. The end of the round, another round for Canelo, 10-9. 58-56, Canelo after six rounds. And there goes Caleb Plant's beautiful wife, Jordan Plant. Uh, she should, uh, in my opinion right now, she should get up and go home because uh, it's only going to get worse for her, for her husband. He's doing absolutely nothing but being a punching bag now. As they show that beautiful left hook that Canelo landed inside against Caleb Plant. Eddie Reynoso telling Canelo what to do. Canelo's standing. He's not even sitting in his corner. He's standing up. Canelo can't wait to get out there. Canelo has Caleb Plant figured out. He's got him figured out. He knows Caleb can't hurt him. And Caleb is not throwing a jab as often as he was in the first four rounds. He's just pulling it. And pulling that. You can't pull that left hand. Stick that jab, Caleb. And then he's got to throw the right hand like he did right there. Canelo putting the pressure, putting the pressure, putting the pressure on Caleb Plant. Caleb right now, oh, left hook by Canelo. Caleb missed with a right hand right there. Caleb's got to take advantage of the times. Canelo's not throwing punches and throw punches. He's not throwing punches. And Canelo playing with, with Caleb Plant. The disrespect he showed by putting both hands down low shows that he doesn't think you can hurt him. Once again, Steve Fallhood has the same exact score as I do. 58-56 as Canelo lands a right hook, left, right cross, left hook combination there. There's nothing on Caleb Plant's punches. There's nothing. It's it's it, Canelo could do what he wants to. Because Caleb can't hurt him, and Caleb's not even landing a jab anymore. Ooh, nice left. The left caught Plant's guard, but you could tell that he hit hit, hit him with the left hook, hit the, the glove, and then the glove smacked Plant in the face. Plant landed a ni nice right hand there, but didn't move. Ooh, nice left uppercut inside by Canelo Alvarez. Now, Caleb looked like he was about to attempt to do a firefight with Canelo. Canelo up against the ropes for the first time in this round. Caleb needs to take advantage. Jab to the body by Caleb, but he's got to let go of that right hand. Let go of that right hand, Caleb. You got him up against the ropes. He's just throwing the jab. Then finally a right hand after uh, Canelo's been up against the ropes for 30 seconds. Canelo doing his own version of the rope dope He's playing. He's playing too damn much because he's giving away this round by just laying up against the ropes. Caleb landed the jab, but with no effectiveness. But he's he, at least he's throwing punches. Canelo, the nice stiff jab there by Caleb. But Canelo's doing nothing. They finally Canelo landed a left hook. They butted heads there. Referee, make sure they're both okay. All right. Says watch the heads. Let's go continue the action. Canelo missed a whistle, whistle left hook, then he jabbed to the body. Jabbed to the body by Caleb. 
Right cross by Caleb. Then a right cross by Canelo. This is Caleb's best round in a long time. Oh, nice left hook by Canelo as the bell rings, but a little bit too little too late. Gave that round to Caleb Platt, 10-9. 67-66 Canelo after seven rounds. Canelo played way too much in that round. There goes the butt, the head butt, that caused the referee to stop the action. Let's see if Caleb can continue his momentum from winning that round. A round that Canelo basically took off and played around too damn much. And Canelo cannot do any of that against Jamel Charlo. Because believe you me, Jamel Charlo won't be pawing that left jab. He'll be sticking that left jab. Round eight begins. Caleb's got to do more than the jab. He's got to start throwing combinations. I, I I understand he's got respect for Canelo's power, but he's got to, there goes, he threw a right hand right there that landed. He's got to do more of that. More of that. And Caleb's starting around real, real well off of this round. He's carrying his momentum in, in his round. Oh, nice double left hook there by Canelo. Oh, left hook, right cross over the top by Canelo. Jab by, by Caleb that Canelo dug a left hook to the body. Nice left hook by Canelo. Right to the body by Canelo. Oh, no, no, you cannot do that. Uh, Caleb hit him with a the shoulder there. The referee didn't warn him, though. Sort of like a shoulder block. Canelo missed with a left hook there. Caleb. Canelo missed with a oh, but nice jab to the to the to the face and then right to the body by uh, Canelo. Caleb's got to be more active. He's got to be more active. He's got to let go of that right hand. Caleb missed with a left hook there. Nice stiff jab by Caleb, right to the right again to the to, to, to the rib cage by Canelo. Canelo, nice left inside. Referee breaks them up from 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 a clinch. Nice left to the body that by uh, Caleb. Then Canelo came with his own left to the to the chin. Canelo's there to be hit. You just got to throw. And Caleb's not throwing as much as he should be. He should be having much more success. Canelo's always right in front of you. Stiff jab there by Caleb. And a uh, nice defense there by Caleb as he made Canelo miss the combination to the body. But then Canelo lands the right and left to the, to the, to the rib cage. Caleb's got to do more than throw that jab, though. Stiff jab by, by Canelo. Left hook by Canelo. Caleb's landing the more punches, landing more punches, but Canelo's punches are much more effective when they land. 
Nice right to the body by Canelo. Caleb double jab. The end of the round. I gave Canelo a slight edge in that round. Caleb landed some nice jabs, but Canelo's punches were much more powerful, much more impactful. So uh, after eight rounds, I have it 77-75 Canelo. Eddie Reynoso going over. Instructions with Canelo. Wipes down his face. I love it when a boxer's with the same trainer's entire career. Canelo's been with, with the Reynoso since he was a little boy. I love it. Tommy Hearns and Emmanuel Stewart, they only they were only apart for two for two fights. And then Manny Stewart came back and was with with uh Hearns until the end of his career. Angelo Dundee was with Muhammad Ali his entire career, except the one time he trained Jimmy Ellis against Muhammad Ali. Here we go, round nine. After this fight is over, I will play a voice note from another Detroit brother, Kobe, and then I will give my prediction. I will talk about everybody's prediction, and then I will give my own prediction on what will happen between Jamel Charlo and Canelo Alvarez, what I see happening. Double jab there by uh Caleb. Caleb start off this round more active than the last few rounds. Left hook inside by Canelo. Right to the body by Canelo. Then Caleb landed a right cross. Nice right to the body by Canelo. Canelo digging an uppercut inside. Oh, combination by Canelo. When Canelo lets his hands go and he lands combinations to the body, he's as dangerous as any fighter that's ever lived. Stiff jab by Caleb to the stomach. Another stiff jab to the stomach. And then Canelo right, left hook inside, then right over the top. Caleb with the unnecessary movement. He's not throwing punches, he's just moving. While Canelo is putting the pressure on him. Putting the pressure on him. Jab to the body by Canelo. Right hand they landed by, by Plant, but he just cannot move Canelo. Canelo with another left hook to the body. Plant landed a combination. Right uppercut by Plant. But Plant, Plant, when he, even when he lands his power punches, they're not phasing Canelo whatsoever. Jab to the body by Plant. Right to the body by Plant. Left jab by Plant. Ooh, double left hook by Canelo. There you go, plant moving just to move. Stop that. You got, where's the jab, Caleb? There goes a jab by Caleb. Four punch combination by Caleb. And then Canelo lands a left hook to the body as they tie up. Oh, nice double left hook. Oh, nice right cross over the top by Canelo. Caleb might be throwing more punches, but Canelo's punches are much more effective, much more impactful.
That was a five-punch combination by Caleb. And he ended it with a nice right cross. Probably the best punch he's landed in the fight. But still, it doesn't face Canelo. Canelo, nice stiff jab by Caleb Plant. That five-punch combination, in my opinion, gave Caleb the round. 10-9. And after nine rounds, I have an 86-85 Canelo in front. When Caleb throws his right cross, when he throws combinations, he has success. Ladies and gentlemen, if you throw, if you are a swift boxer with a great jab and you throw combinations, you're going to have success against Canelo. Dimitri Bavall, Floyd Mayweather, Erislandi Lara, Austin Trout all had success when they, when they do combinations while boxing from the outside against Canelo Alvarez. And Caleb Plant did that in winning that ninth round. As they showed a replay of that combination, they, which culminated with that nice right hand. We're getting ready for round 10. Caleb's still in the fight. Caleb is still in the fight. He's only one point down on my scorecard. He's got to step it up big time in the next three rounds if he's going to try and get the decision. Stiff jab there by Caleb. He's got no more combinations like he did the last round. And it looks like he's doing that. As he's, as he's actually came in and looked like he was trying to go after Canelo. Now he's backing up right to the body by Canelo. Caleb ties him up. Caleb pulling with the jab. That's not going to work. Right to the body by, by Canelo. Left to the body by Canelo. Left hook on top. Right to the body. They both threw left hooks there. Canelo with a right to the body. Unnecessary move by Caleb. Nice combination. Caleb needs to... Uh... Ooh, nice double left hook inside by Canelo. Caleb stand his ground and throw the right down the pipe. Maybe he can do something. A la Tommy Hearns versus Pepino Cuevas. A la Junior Jones versus Marco Antonio Barrera. Now he's pulling with that jab, and now he's missing with his combinations. As Canelo threw three left hooks inside and a right to the body. Right uppercut by Canelo. Jab by Canelo. Combination to the body by Caleb Plant. Left to the body by Canelo. Left jab by Canelo. Canelo beginning to throw his jab more off. Another jab by Canelo. Canelo has a three-punch combination by Canelo. Canelo fighting much better offensively when he throws that jab. He's been leading with the left hook, but in this round, he's been throwing a nice combination to the body by Caleb. Then Canelo comes back with a combination to the body of his own. Another combination by Canelo to the body after Caleb landed a jab. Oh, he just missed that right cross, Canelo. Combination to the body by Plant, and then Canelo lands a right to the rib cage. One thing about Canelo. Oh, nice left hook by Canelo. Three punch combination, and Caleb came back with a combination to the body. Another combination to the body. Uppercut. Double up, uh, left uppercut, right uppercut, right to the body by Canelo. Double right to the body by Canelo. Canelo pounding that body. Stiff jab by Canelo. A 
Unnecessary movement by Caleb. That that movement is all that movement's doing is tiring himself out right to the body by Canelo. Because he's not moving and throwing punches, he's just moving. Stiff jab by Caleb. Ended around. Easily won by Canelo. I've got it 10-9 Canelo in the 10th round. And 96-94 Canelo after 10 rounds. As they showed a replay of the combination to the body that Caleb landed early in the round. And then I believe this is when Canelo came back with his own combination right there. Ooh, right uppercut, left hook to the body by Canelo. Oh, sorry, left uppercut, right to the body by Canelo in that replay. It was a left uppercut, left hook, right uppercut. They show the replay. That was beautifully done by Canelo. Then right to the body. Canelo educated him to the body. Such educated punches to the body by Canelo Alvarez. Eddie Reynoso getting him ready for round number 11th. Caleb's going to have to do something big in order to, to overturn the deficit. Because Canelo right now is definitely winning. He's banging that body to begin the 11th round, Canelo. Stiff jab by Canelo. Caleb threw three jabs there and... Uh, didn't stop Canelo from coming to the body. Canelo with beautiful combination to the body. Referee separates the two. Left hook. Oh, beautiful left hook that staggered. And down goes Caleb. It was that left hook that hurt him. First knocked out of the fight. Caleb's in deep trouble. Caleb's in deep trouble. And you know that once the fight resumes, Canelo's going to bang that body like a drum, like all great fighters do. And Canelo running after Caleb. Left hook. Caleb's in deep trouble. Caleb, oh, right to the bar. That stops the fight. He's done. He's done right. Double right. Another right. Down goes Caleb. That's it. That's got to be it. Yeah, it's over. It's over. Canelo Alvarez with an 11th round knockout becomes the first undisputed Super middleweight champion of the world. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to hear from my Detroit brother, Kobe. And then I will wrap it up with my prediction on who I think is going to win Saturday night's fight in Las Vegas. Peace, brother Rod. Peace, peace. Jamel Charlo versus Canelo Alvarez. Let's get into that real quick. Um, right off the bat, I think Jamel Charlo is one of the most underrated champions in boxing right now. For whatever reason, the media and even some of the fans, they don't value him as a champion. They view his run as undisputed champion as on the lower tier among some of the other four belt quote unquote champions in this era. I disagree with that. I think every fight Jamel Charlo has been in from the time that he regained the championship from Tony Harrison has been quality. Jason Rosario was a good fight, knocked him out with the body shot. The first fight with Castaño, I felt like Castaño won, but that was also a great fight. Comes back, stops him in the rematch and then becomes undisputed champion. 
you look at the way boxing has been over the last decade, there hasn't really been a fighter who's been consistent fighting the best possible competition in their weight class before moving up. In this era of devaluing champions, Jamel Charlo is really a throwback to back in the day where a guy would be in a weight class and lock that down and then move up later on after kind of clearing everything out. In this fight with Canelo Alvarez, there's two things that it's going to come down to if he wants to try to pull it out. I think early on, he's going to be quicker than Canelo. He's going to have a little bit of a speed advantage and the advantage in foot speed as well. It's going to come down to how smart Jamel Charlo can be and him avoiding fighting mad. Jamel Charlo is a guy that fights mad when, when he gets frustrated. He doesn't like getting hit. His response to getting hit is to get mad. Canelo Alvarez is ice cold all throughout the entire 12 rounds of the fight. You don't get Canelo, you don't see too many moments where he gets frustrated or gets out of character. He's steady in applying what it is that he's trying to do against his opponent, in part because nobody really can force him to get out of character. The way you beat Canelo Alvarez is by testing his gas tank. You got to make him tired. He fights at the same pace throughout the entire 12 rounds. He overwhelmed guys like Caleb Plant and Billy Joe Saunders because he was able to make them uncomfortable. Um, if you look at the early rounds of that fight with Caleb Plant, Caleb Plant was doing pretty good boxing. It's just he wasn't able to maintain it. Mentally, I think he was a little bit intimidated and physically Canelo was too strong for him to hold them off. With Jamel Charlo, the problem I think he's going to run into is I think he's going to try to hurt Canelo Alvarez. That's not a bad idea. It's just if you don't have the physicality to make that happen, you're kind of going up against it because Canelo, even though he's not the biggest guy, is very physically strong and consistent in what it is that he's doing. I do think Canelo might be a little bit past his prime. He might not be as quick as he used to be, not as explosive as he used to be. It could be the injuries like they said it was. But this is a good fight to see where Canelo Alvarez is as far as being on the pound for pound list. I think he might be a tad bit overrated at this point in his career. And him fighting Jamel Charlo is a good gauge of where he is right now. Prediction-wise, I would love to see Jamel Charlo win this fight. I would love to see him get that recognition that he's been chasing from the media since the time he became a champion at 154. It's just, right now, the punches that he's going to get hit with, specifically to the body, and... The combination of Canelo Alvarez possibly, uh, the combination of the, of the punches he's going to get hit with and just the big fight atmosphere. At some point, Jamel Charlo is going to get hit by something and 
try to fight Canelo. And that's not going to be too good for him in the later rounds of this fight here. It's a fight that he can win, but at some point, things are just going to catch up to him. The the flow of the fight, he's going to get caught up in it, and Canelo's going to end up stopping him probably somewhere between the 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th round. I think it'll be a great fight, but I just think that at some point, Jamel Charlo, it's going to be too much for him. And I think Canelo is going to get the stoppage. I don't want that to happen, but the most likely outcome is Canelo by stoppage. Appreciate it, brother. Peace, peace. I want to thank King Shabazz. I want to thank Gritty. I want to thank Rob. And I want to thank Kobe for each one of their voice notes and each giving a great analysis of the fight. They made, all four predicted Canelo would win, and all four gave you the same arguments. The body work by Canelo. They all also said that Charlo has a shot. I love how King broke down the jabs, who has the better jab, who has the better right cross, who has the better left hook, who has the better body, who's the better body puncher. I loved how Gritty and Kobe both mentioned how Canelo hasn't looked the same the last three fights. And Rob's prediction, while it was short, was sweet to the point. All four gave you great analysis. And it's the reason why Canelo's a 4-1 to favorite. One of the greatest 168-pound champions of all time. He breaks you down. He beats you down. Ladies and gentlemen, after watching the All Access... After after rewatching Canelo's last three fights, after rewatching Jamel Charlo's three last fights, I'm going with the upset. I got Jamel Charlo winning a 12 round decision in a war. Now, why am I picking Jamel Charlo? Canelo's last three fights, he's lost a step. There's no denying that. Dimitri Bavall hit him all the time, often, and at will. Now, Dimitri Bavall, in my opinion, is the first battle Hall of Famer. One of the greatest Russian fighters of all time. So, and plus, he was the bigger fighter as Canelo was moving up. Against Triple G, Canelo should have knocked Triple G out. Triple G was shot. Canelo went 12 rounds. And he tired late in the fight. John Ryder, he should have knocked him out. But, like Gritty said, Towards the end of the fight, Ryder was beginning to land, even though Ryder is a journeyman. He's not that good. Jamel Charlo's in his prime. Canelo's past his prime. Now, I know they talk about there's weight classes for a reason. He's going up and he's going up two divisions, and it's very hard to do. Uh, what, the, what the Gritty said, Gritty said that the biggest jump... Coming from 154 to 168 is a lot to ask for a fighter to win against an all-time great. We have two all-time great fighters here. Two of the top five in, historically of their divisions. Jamel Charles, a top five all-time super welterweight. Canelo Alvarez is a top five all-time super middleweight. I'm going with the fresher fighter. I'm going with the fighter who's in his prime. Jamel Charlo right now in his prime. Canelo's not. Eventually, 
fighting all these years after turning pro at the age of 15 catches up to you. Jamel Charlo has the tools to beat Canelo over 12 rounds, and he also has the physical attributes to survive is as if Kobe and Gritty said, he gets hurt by Canelo. And then there's going to be times in this fight, maybe two or three times, where Canelo hurts Charlo to the body. Charlo has a lot of heart, and Charlo has a high ring IQ. In my opinion, both men are on the same level with the IQ. Now, all-time great, Canelo's had a greater career than Charlo. And in their primes, Canelo's the better fighter, but Canelo's not in his prime anymore. Now, I know Canelo's going to do what he did against Caleb Plant. Billy Joe Saunders, what he tried to do against Dimitri Bavol. He's going to try to break down Charlo by going to the body. But, like King Shabazz said earlier, like you saw in his fight against Caleb Plant, I just did the play-by-play for. Canelo has a tendency to take rounds off. Like Gritty said the same thing. Take rounds off, take moments of rounds off. He's not going to, he can't do that against Charlo. And Charlo's not going to pull with his left hand. Charlo's going to stick that jab out. Charlo's got a great left jab. And he's going to land that right cross. I'm not going to say he's going to hurt Canelo. But Charlo has the type of right cross when he blinds you with that left jab that could cause serious damage and could hurt you. Now they say, well, he's moving up two weight classes. They were both super welterweights at the same time coming up. Now, I know Charlo never fought at 168, and Canelo the last five years has adjusted to 168 and become one of the all-time great super middleweights. But he's also past his prime. But then again, a lot of great fighters, even past their prime, have that one last great fight in them. And in order for Canelo to beat Charlo September 30th, 2023, he's got to have that one last great fight in him. It's going to be a war, in my opinion, and I'm going the unconventional route and predicting a huge upset. And there was a question sent in on Twitter. Ask Rob Silver for all the questions you want. Let me read it from Brother Malcolm. Ask Rob Silver before I forget because he asked a great question. Malcolm said, Brother Malcolm said, Bernard Hopkins said that Charlo has an 85% chance of beating Canelo. How, how accurate or off this prediction for an upcoming fighter coming up in weight against Canelo? Bernard knows what he's talking about. Yes, Charlo can beat Canelo. I don't know about 85%. I think this is more of a 50-50 fight. But, like Bernard said, Charlo has all the tools that gives a fighter like Canelo problems. A great left jab. Movement. A accurate right cross. That jab's going to be the key. And Charlo. Charlo overcoming the body punches that Canelo's going to land. But does Canelo, who has shown a lack of stamina the last few years. While Charlo is as fresh in the 10th, 11th, and 12th round as he is in the first round, that I think would play a huge factor too. And I think that's what Bernard is looking at. So great question, Brother Malcolm. I'm leaving y'all with this. Jamel Charlo, by 12 round, 
split decision in an incredible fight, in a fight I think will be a fight of the year candidate. Jamel is going to have to go through hell and back to win this fight, and I think he's catching Canelo at the right time. I could be wrong. I hope I'm not. Do not put money on my prediction because, ladies and gentlemen, gambling is not the way, my opinion. All right, we'll be back next week recapping Canelo versus Charlo. Um, for those of you who still want to send in their predictions, send in your predictions to Ask Rob Silva on Twitter. Hashtag Ask Rob Silva. I'll read them on the podcast next week as I review the pod, uh, the fight. And you can also send in voice notes. RobertSilva57 at Hotmail.com talking about why, why you thought the fight ended the way it ended or why the fight turned out the way it did. Your own recap. And talk as long as you want to because you know what? We are here for the casual and hardcore boxing fans. This podcast, as you guys have noticed, I don't cater to nobody. I don't cater to any promotions. I look at the fighters and the fighters only. I don't jump a bandwagon for Bob Arum, for Al Heyman, for Eddie Hearn. All I want is the best fighting the best. And this Saturday night, I will be in a Times Square movie theater with my nephew. Watching two of the best fighters of the last 15 years face off in what should be an incredible fight. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll talk next week when I do the Canelo Charlo recap. Until then, everybody continue to be blessed and be a blessing.